I have been 12 years music director of one of the German orchestras, and of these 12 years, I lived in Germany for seven years. And one of these years, I had to live a complete year without a driver's license that was taken away from me for speeding tickets. Mm. Um, that's not the end of the story, though. What kind of car were you driving? That's not the end of the story. <laughs> the punchline is following. your host for the Silence Between a Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra podcast. It's a beautiful, gorgeous afternoon in Winnipeg and we're sitting on a terrace. What could be better? Well, it could get better. We're having lunch with maestro Daniel Reiskin. We're going to talk about food, one of his passions, about music and about his life. We have done a podcast prior and we were promoting the Winnipeg New Music Festival. So this time around, we won't be talking about that. We'll get more personal. Uh, talking about personal, it's a little bit different for me also to be interviewing uh, my boss. You probably know if you've seen some concert that the relationship between conductor and musicians is, um, I would say, established, you know, and it needs to be that way. So now it's a bit in a different uh, setting. Uh, it'll be interesting, I think. So. We are waiting for the maestro to arrive and uh, there's lots of flowers and lots of sun and we'll start any minute now. to talk about uh, music and the fact that you're a musician, instrumentalist, violist, a chamber musician, a soloist, an orchestral musician, and a conductor. Does that serve you or is that different, really different roles? When you're standing up there, do you say, oh, I know how that feels to be Elise sitting in her chair? Yeah. I think that for me, it all starts, the departing point is always the same. Um, you are a musician or you are not. And if you are a musician, the rest are specifications of what actually is justifies the fact that you are called a musician. You can be a you can be even a musician without being a performer. You can be a, a really instinct and, and great musician simply because you are a great music lover. Uh, you can be a musician because you are passionate uh, you have a passionate knowledge about the music and still being a musician without performing a note. But you can be instrumentalist and that you can be in orchestra and in chamber music and in teaching and in solo work and in a conductor. And I just had incredible luck and, and privilege to uh, come all this way, you know. And uh, I think it serves me every day and I can tell you that I would have never become a conductor I am, whether it's good or, or bad, uh, without having come this full circle uh -huh. of um, having tried it all playing violin, switching to viola, playing in various orchestras, uh, playing chamber music, teaching, being a soloist, premiering works written for me uh, as instrumentalist, uh, um, you. you know, working with um, musicians uh, and very, really close uh, to one another proximity in a string quartet or a string trio in which I played 15 years, you know, or 
uh, standing up and playing in front of my or my own orchestra or being a guest soloist yeah, you know all these things they all translate into the way I uh, work with any orchestra as a conductor and some things come so unexplainably natural to me like for one thing I hope that by now and with all these years having played in the orchestra I more or less know what orchestral musicians do not like so I try to <laughs> avoid things that really annoyed me okay. in conductors <laughs> yes, yes, yes. whom I gave hard time because of that so yes, yes. Uh, this is part of a uh, intricate part of the school you pass yes so but what does it mean to be a musician then it's just to feel it to understand it that's what you mean um, it's difficult to put it in a few words, but I think a mus being a musician is not something you can choose to be. Oh. It's more of a calling. It's more of a. It's more of a something you are than what you choose to be. Because if you are a musician and it becomes your job, you are a musical professional. Okay. If you are a musician, it is something you are doing because you cannot do otherwise. Uh -huh. It's more a condition. It's something that that comes naturally and sometimes it you have to work hard to it and sometimes you don't know that you're a musician but there's always this <coughs> point of no return in your life when it completely overtakes who you are oh, yeah, yeah. and I'm sure you you know this feeling very well and uh, um, and it you cannot actually be happy uh, making music if you're not a musician because just being a music professional rarely leads to uh, happiness in what you do. So by default, you could be a music professional and not be a musician? Yeah, there are okay. so many of these. Yes. <laughs> okay. Like you can yes. be, uh, you can be a, a painter and not being a great artist. Uh -huh. You yes. would be doing yes. brilliantly, technically elaborated portraits of dignitaries, you know. But you would be never able to... But this is something we can work on. No, I feel personally. And by the way, go ahead. We got some appetizers here. This you is your, your plate, the small, <laughs> the little <laughs> yellow plate. Uh, but we have a few um, appetizers. That looks beautiful. and spring rolls yeah, and this, crab this cakes. Looks like a and I think chicken. Chicken, yeah. Satay great. maybe. Great. little mm. bread basket. Looks great. Um, yeah, I feel right with life. We understand more and more music and get oh. better musicians. Thanks. Some people are quicker to, to blossom and some others take more take Look, more time. Uh, for sure. Being a musician, it's also hard work. It's also not something you can do just because you like it or you yeah. feel like yeah. you can do it. Um, anything you, you want to be good at requires long hours yeah. of investment and actually become a musician um, in terms of professionals because you cannot be a musician and real musician and being a poor professional. You can be a great professional and not being a musician. Yeah. But it never works just being a musician, not a great professional. Mm. And to become a great professional, you still need to put incredible amount of hours into this work mm -hmm. since a very early age. Mm -hmm. And many people actually don't realize that to become that, you kind of, at the age where you don't have a choice, conscious choice yet, you are agreeing to, um, well, devote your time to many things that take your time from being a kid uh -huh. from playing with other kids from enjoying all other things that because there's just and you probably mean teenager as well right? and because it's more yes, the years of where course. yeah that's yeah. what i felt too as well, a teenager teenagers too yeah it's like but by that time you probably had this uh, sensation of uh, 
music really taking it over you know mm -hmm. like uh, for me it happened I can tell you for sure I had this discussion with JF yesterday and uh, I had this uh, <coughs> oh, vice president artistic operations I had the feeling that I actually started to invest hours and the music really took over you know who I was when I became a teenager uh -huh. like in my maybe 17th 18th year and even stronger uh, after I left uh, my home country and ended up being a, just uh, a young 20 year old uh, man in Amsterdam where I was completely on my own and everything dependent on what I will do and how I will do it. Oh, hi, Chris is here. <laughs> I, just came to, I just came to see how far along you guys just need some snacks. Oh, we, we, we are just, chatting we and eating and everything. Started. Oh, We're not at the ice cream Chris, yet. Um, yeah, Chris is uh, Fern's son and uh, manages the Doug and Betty's, which is the new ice cream place that is owned by Inferno's. And here is Fern hi. joining hi, us. I'm uh, the director of um, the WSO. Thank you for having us. And uh, oh, it's, uh, the, the story is uh, exciting. Uh, a musician who, um, who tried to run away from... To get back to what you were saying, I'm also wondering about the persona of the conductor. Is there still such a thing as something that has evolved? Is there, there has to be, you know, a certain, of course, authority, charisma, magnetism, all this stuff. Is it, um, is it fake? <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a phenomenon difficult to explain, but I think the role of conductor its relationship with um, orchestra, orchestral musicians, even its relationship with the audience. And by that, the position of a conductor in people's understanding and in a society has greatly changed and evolved uh, in the last 50 years or so, at least. It became a much more democratic and much less idolized uh, oh. um, position and personality. That said, still, um, very important thing to understand is the conductor is the only person on stage who doesn't produce any sounds. Uh -huh. He's a silent musician, so that immediately um, answers to some extent the question. His presence on stage will be justified only by his strong ability to um, inspire the group of musicians or singers or all together to uh, be the best they can and to uh, reach the best results possible um, by, you know, inspiration, providing leadership, um, and also recognizing this intricate dependency of a conductor on musicians. I always draw the very simple, um, you know, uh, comparison and an example. Even a poor orchestra, poor ensemble, I mean by virtue of um, performing level, would be able to do something, some easy pieces or complicated pieces but short bits of it without a conductor. They can still kind of put a performance. Why not talking about the absolute quality? But the best conductor without any kind of orchestra equals to zero. <laughs> because no matter how great his um, <laughs> technique is, how well his suit is um, um, 
you know, looking on his body, how, no matter how charming he steps on stage, if it's empty and you are in front of 2,000 people and you start to move your hands, nothing happens. There's no magic. Mm -hmm. Magic is in music that is played by people. Orchestra is people. And together, this is where this chemistry and this, uh, this shamanism, this uh, charlatanism, this whatever, this yeah, unexplainable yeah. something has to happen <coughs> that a, a large group of musicians is drawn to, uh, or to or by uh -huh. the same idea expressed from movement, facial expressions, uh, you can call it magnetism, charisma, whatever energy the conductor exudes or not, they should all be inspired and um, so uh, influenced by that in order to produce a performance. Yes, 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 yes. A couple days ago in rehearsal, I think you said that you're not a good dancer. That really surprised me because for me, it's kind of the job. I mean, and I, I feel differently. Uh, I feel like you are dancing up mm. there. It's just... Dancing mostly involves a footwork. <laughs> okay. I was never good at that. Okay. <laughs> But a certain plasticity and certain ability yeah. to... Um, You know, like it starts when you are a kid, you're learning how to make like the shadow figures when you can make like uh -huh. a, a dog, rabbit. a rabbit, you yes. know, whatever. This later translates into the same kind of, uh, how do you show um, a strong accent? How do you shape with your hands a fragile line or a long line or a dot? How do you... Uh, exude the feeling of something needs to be quiet or impassionate as opposed to something that needs to be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, it's a kind of vocabulary, a kind of uh, conductor's applicature, you know, a fingering, you know, the, oui, oui. Uh, you come up with to express all that. It should not necessarily uh, uh, involve uh, dancing. <laughs> which you do sometimes uh, because you cannot separate your upper body from your lower body and you you know you it's always a, in music it's very often about breathing and making steps you know backwards forward to the yes, side and yes. when you do that when you address someone you use sometimes you're so far away from a person you mm -hmm. want to communicate and make music together like If you make a gesture to the trombones that are 25 minutes away from you, I might make a step forward to them just because I physically try to more reach out uh -huh. to them. But the older you get, the smarter you get, and you start to move less, also <laughs> with your hands, because you still know trombones will play even if you just do this with your arm. You okay. don't need to make a step forward for them. Okay. But, okay. yeah. I think that I, I can consider myself being a, a physical conductor, conductor, and there's no shame in that, because in conducting... Uh, you are most convincing when you are yourself. You like it, you buy it. You don't know, okay. you don't like it, you go on somewhere else where they'll like it. You can never be loved or liked by everyone. It just, it's like you cannot be friends with everyone, you can be in love with everyone, um, you cannot like the same books, the same music, the same food, you know, so, and you should never try. And if something doesn't work, you just, you know, pass and go to something else. And. Uh, so um, um, when you are <coughs> a conductor and you try to inspire a group of people the best you can do it is really by being yourself and if you happen to be okay, a physical be conductor that moves a lot great and it's then there will be orchestras that will be 
disturbed by that. And they will hire someone who is very economical and like oh, yeah, yeah. very mathematical and doesn't but move at all. And it's fine. Is the ultimate goal to kind of say nothing? Yes, it and is. Absolutely. I do feel in rehearsal, I have to say this, that I can stop and write the dynamics if they're different you know because i see them i get so much yeah. info i can write the phrasings yeah. the dynamics i i absolutely agree with one correction it's possible not to talk in rehearsal if you have a lot of rehearsal time oh okay <coughs> um bernard Harting, a wonderful you know, dutch master who i very much uh, look up to who turned 90 recently and uh, was just announced finishing his career. I never will forget how at one of the master classes I sent my student, one of my students to him, he told him, when conducting, try not to distract musicians. Can't you see? These people are very busy. <laughs> you know? But what he means is that sometimes, because in the master class it's only 45 minutes you want to put all yourself on a plate, to be recognized and sometimes when you have only one or two or sometimes even no rehearsals there's no time for musicians to actually translate the the alphabet of your movements into exact understanding okay. of what you want to say in order to do that you would need to stop and without saying something just name the letter you want to start rehearsing again and do this again and give them a chance to see again what you're showing it's like speaking to someone the language someone doesn't really understand if you start speak slower and once again and maybe with some more you know like vivid visual explanation you will come across mm -hmm. okay I want to talk about your passion for food having said that would you like something different to drink um, I'll gladly and have a glass of white wine and you want you want some fries it's not just for me yeah uh, you know I, I really try good. I try to not eat carbs lately, oh no which is that's terrible I know <laughs> that sucks <laughs> Oi. Uh. <laughs> I know I know it's hard if you want to be inspired by a conductor <laughs> you really are inspired by an overweight conductor. <laughs> so, I, you know, once again, talking about conducting, this is something you try to figure out your whole life. And on the day you die, you still don't know. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of the driving things, you know, mm -hmm. by doing it, because it involves everyday learning. That's the, the beauty of it with and also, music, too. The moment you think you found an... Um, and an answer and you move on to another orchestra you realize that every other orchestra needs another solution another way of dealing something because again it's a group of different people uh -huh. some orchestras are very reactive very quick others need more time what's particular to the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra very quick very quick very, quick. very reactive and very reactive and very very open, incredibly like not uh, like not suspicious of anything. Like, not suspicious. No, like, not skeptical. You know, people, not Just, skeptical. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you need to be you need to be reasonable and realistic. But people are interested, interested mm -hmm. in not 
not indifferent. That's the worst thing in music is indifference. And there are many indifferent orchestras because then you are standing in front of a group and it, these can be great orchestras, great mm -hmm. professionals, mm -hmm. but just a very few musicians there. Mm -hmm. you know, and I very quickly lose interest when I feel like good is good enough. Uh -huh. And do you feel sometimes I don't know where the future is with our, our art? Um, is it harder to get the younger people or are we just worried for no reason? about, you know, kind of stopping, taking the time and getting that communication? I think that there is some uh, s something to, some legitimacy to the worries about oh. um, um, younger generation of uh, potential listeners. But I think uh, not to an extent that we should, you know, like worry Classical music doesn't have any future, it will die, there's no attention, you know, it's uh, art for the older and for the European or European descendants. It's not going to be the case uh, for many, many reasons. What's important though is that um, we are never short of um, rethinking and uh, reinvigorating the way we are trying to present what we are doing because the de demographics of our audiences changes. At the end of the day, uh, it all comes down to the point of entry in, in terms of time. When is someone exposed to music, literature, education, basic moral norms, hygiene? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's all the part of the same equation. Um, feeling of um, developing a taste for things, knowing uh, uh, good food from just something that fills your yes, dummy. Yes. Uh, you know, all these things. And I don't want to uh, generalize it uh, for the uh, complete society because some people really worry every day would they at all have this one meal a day. It's not about uh, making a choice, do I eat uh, Atlantic uh, salmon or uh, South Pacific crab today? It's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm very, unfortunately very realistic about this, but on all levels, there are points of entry when you, your life starts to expose you to certain things. Um, and arts, and music in particular, <coughs> is something that I believe uh, has to be uh, getting into the system of human being at earliest possible um, stage. There's been so many um, undeniable studies about the uh, positive experience and positive influence of uh, music, classical music in particular, for the development of children, even with disabilities of all kinds, mm -hmm. and human beings too. But the earlier you start, the quicker you will notice which direction it may take and uh, how much positive influence it will have on uh, someone's development. I was lucky to be born into a family where I already, you know, like when I was born, my, my brother, who was seven years uh, older than I am, by that time was just playing his first completely out-of-tune cello scales. And my father was a physicist 
who was also a musicologist. So we had a piano, uh, a grand piano at home, and he would be sometimes playing things. So I, I, subconsciously, I was, uh, you know, exposed to sounds of music at a very yeah, early yeah. age. And maybe even if it was not my parents who made a decision for also me uh, starting to play violin, one way or another, having all this music, yeah. you know, like in my system until my sixth or seventh uh, year of age, I probably would have gone in this direction anyway. There are many researches and studies yes. in neuroscience yes. too about the benefits of uh, music and the waves uh, to the brain. And I like the analogy with food too, because I do feel like with kids, you have to expose them to food and they may not like it, but you just keep bringing stuff out and I don't know, you have to eat it or you have to try it at least, right? It's the same... Uh, What's foreign at first? Very simple. Might feel little. It's like there is uh, good music and not good music. There's good food and not good food. There's healthy food and there's very unhealthy food. And you can have French fries made for you from fresh potatoes, and those who are made from potatoes powder turned we into don't know French what. fries. Yeah, something plastic or something. Yeah. Um, I know that you love rock and jazz, right? I oh don't yeah. want it to sound... The good one. Because you're, you're a big fan oh, of... Uh, no, I grew up again... Of rock music and... yeah. Having had a, an older brother, you know, in 70s or 80s, beginning of 80s, and I was exposed to some of the best rock music and also some great there are some great pop artists that we really as classical musicians can look up to because there's so much work is put into the perfection they try to create on this enormous stages in front of thousands uh, hundreds of thousands of people but again this uh, the great rock bands uh, they exist these days too and I'm not, not, you're not even talking about the great jazz musicians it's, it's again it's all about you look at this 72 73 year old granddads after a heart surgery Mick Jagger for example you know going on a world tour again now three months after having a <laughs> valve or whatever yes, yes. I mean I want to be like this when I'm 72 <laughs> yes. God forbids uh, having a need to do something with my heart but I mean, this is great music performed with incredible energy by people who've been doing this for 50 years and more. You know, this is why it stands, you know. And um, this is where we need to go, I think, in, in all directions. And uh, uh, for us, uh, that can serve a great example. Mm-hmm. And with food, it's the, it always has been for me the easiest uh, parallel to draw between classical music and anything else would be food mm-hmm. even like explaining a symphony or the way the musical phrase or movement is composed sometimes it's easier to people who don't know much about it and they don't need to just to draw the comparisons with how do you create a dish few ingredients and what do you need for that and, and um, for me cooking was always also a way to express uh, who I am Dostoevsky used to say that you can say a lot about the person just from looking at how he or, he or she eats just the way we eat you know some people eat very introvertly very carefully 
<laughs> I'm all over the place, you know. I'm, I'm surprised I still have a clean shirt, you know. Um, and this is very much reflecting my personality. Are, are you an extrovert? Oh, I think so. I'm <laughs> okay. Just checking. I thought by now you coming, noticed. Coming yeah. from me, you know. Oh, I like, thought Whoa. by now you noticed, yeah, that I'm probably not the most timid person on earth. But, um, but the same is in cooking, you know. When I come home after having not been there, you know, like for several weeks, uh, one of the few first stations at home will be kitchen. I usually clean my kitchen after I cook, but <laughs> you don't want to go there before I, I cleaned oh, yeah. it. And also, um, I always have a, a plan. It's not like, you know, I just start and everything flies uh -huh. around and then you have you to... You follow a recipe? Uh, rarely. Ah. A base, um, basic recipe? Not basic, even. but more like, okay. you know... The, uh, <laughs> sort of like, uh... <laughs> it's more about the... It's more about... I, I'm not... I'm, I'm systematic, but passionately free about the way I uh -huh. do it. And also, you know, like, I really spend more than one, two days at home, and then I, I go for another week of conducting, and I used to cook because it's easier. The professionals will attend to it. It's easier to cook in larger quantities. And especially if you're experimenting, you know, oh, a little bit salt, oh, it's too much, a little bit more of this, oh, it's too little. <laughs> <laughs> the quantity grows. And then I have a, I serve a great dinner to my, my um, family, I eat myself. N normally they all enjoy it. But then I leave and they're stuck with like week full <laughs> of, of fridge of food. They have to eat for a week the same. your travels do you still enjoy it it seems a little bit uh, what's a good word not tedious but sometimes it's uh, challenging know, to, and taxing yeah, yeah. but I do enjoy it I wouldn't okay. have done it it's again you cannot do these things without actually most of the time enjoying it mm -hmm. it's a matter of planning I, I try to get used to it like this week I'm in Winnipeg more than two weeks in a row a lot of work yeah great weather my wife comes in today mm -hmm. we go to Kenora mm -hmm. we have some great repertoire mm -hmm. first couple of days you live between the time zones I get up very early jet lag feel tired in the evening what do you do then when you get up early I work I use the hours that you work the brain is awake and oh, yeah. uh, you know like usually if I'm in Europe and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, an owl. I, I work late hours gladly. You work in silence? Oh, oh yeah. When I work in music, I need silence. I never listen. I never listen to That's music as I mean. background. You just look at it. You just stare. I at tell that. you a story about how much music takes over. I have been 12 years music director of one of the German orchestras, and of these 12 years, I lived in Germany for seven years. And one of these years, I had to leave complete year without a driver's license that was taken away from me for speeding tickets. Mm. Um, that's not the end of the story. There. What kind of car were you driving? That's not the end of the story. <laughs> the punchline is following. In order to obtain the driver's license again, you had to pass the psychological test. 
but you're actually fit to drive. And it's very complicated. If you, the more intelligent you are, the less a chance you will pass because you think, oh, <laughs> just they people they don't know. It. But you come there and. These guys are trained to really like nail you down exactly because they will ask you three years, two months, and forty and and fourteen hours ago you have been crossing the bridge between this and that village in the southeast Germany, <laughs> and you have driven like thirty six kilometers faster than you were supposed. Do you remember why? <laughs> I'm not joking. And if you tell to them, oh, sorry, actually, I was rushing to a rehearsal. It was a very important concert, yeah. and it was three and a half years ago. I don't remember. There's the door, close it softly on your way out. Mm. And you can come back in h half a year to do that. Oh. So I was smart enough to hire a um, uh, psychology advisor who used to work as one of these oh, persons okay. on the other side. And they said, you know, it's very important. The funny thing she <laughs> said, as much as you hate it, it, and you pay money to me so I tell you the truth, it makes sense to actually understand why this happened. Uh, and my first instant reaction was like, come on, <laughs> give me a break, you know. And then she said, you know what? And one of the first things she asked, do you listen to music when you drive? Oh, okay. I said, yes. What kind of music do you listen? Classical music. She said, there you go, sir. And I realized that because classical music can never be a kind of background I will have while I'm vacuum cleaning, washing dishes, yeah. chatting on a phone with a friend, doing my taxes, yes, or yes. writing. It takes such an ownership uh -huh. of my personality that any time there is a great crescendo in Bruckner or symphony, <laughs> my foot steps on the gas pedal like no any other time. And it becomes completely irrelevant what speed limits are around me. And I even don't know what I'm crossing and where and if I'm still in Germany. You know, once you realize that, <laughs> two things come in your car. Speed control, like uh, whatever you call uh, it. Yeah. Cruise control, cruise control which you put on when you see <laughs> 120. <laughs> and no music. <laughs> oh, Into so wait, before they put the ice cream okay. down, because you love food, uh, love we thought food. this would be fun for you to, to taste. Blind taste. And uh, well, in this case, it's not blind. It's just not knowing. No, yeah, I mean so not, we, not yes. knowing. So we have eight different wow. flavors, and they do vary between green and I more see. bright pink. Yeah. Yeah, there is um, a certain order you want me to start with. No, no, really, <laughs> anything, anything is good for I'll me. I'll start from right to left. Okay, so the first one looks a bit beige with speckles in it. Yeah. That's coffee or something. There we go. Espresso. Yeah, espresso. That was, that was, espresso. That was a given there. Oh, but he's That's having more now. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. And the black stuff is a, is a coffee seed. Coffee <laughs> beans. Oh, coffee beans. And the ice cream is from Doug and oh, yeah. Betty's and here just across the street from oh, yeah. Inferno. It's good I didn't uh, order the entry. Uh, just opened uh, last week. A soft opening though. So there's going to yeah. be a full uh, restaurant service with alcohol. Now he's going for the green one. It's not spinach, right? <laughs> Cucumber something? Wait a minute. Something... Uh, also very tasty. Not pistachio, is it? No. no. 
I think I know what it could be, but well, I know <laughs> what more, it is. More having more. But it's more like more like a veggie. Chris is helping here with the flavors. Okay. Matcha. Matcha. A matcha. Yeah, tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Green tea. Green tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not so much a green tea drinker. My wife wasn't. The one you really like Japanese style matcha yes. with a brush and yes. all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, What's that one? I might. Uh, it's the. Is it raspberry? Raspberry, raspberry yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm never so good at the names of and, the berries. Uh, and that raspberry is actually uh, dairy free. Can you believe that there's no cream in that? No, I can't. It's very creamy. <laughs> no cream at all. Yeah. How do you do that? So we're uh, we're being sneaky lately, and, and we're trying to give let people uh, try this without telling them it's dairy free. Because oh, yeah. I found that a lot of people when they go for ice cream, and you say, "Do you want dairy free ice cream or dairy ice cream?" Yeah. Oh no. They, they no. basically oh, say, yeah. oh. "Oh well, no, no, I don't want dairy free." I don't ice want cream. a potato came, free potato. Yeah, no. I, I came for ice cream, having ice cream. Oh yeah, right. So people would not order this, and then so I decided, you know what? I'm not going to call it a sorbetto. I'm yeah, not going to yeah, say yeah, it's dairy-free. Sense. I'm just going to write raspberry and see what people it, date. Yeah. And then they eat it and they say it's amazing. And yeah. that's when I spring it on them and say, hey, look, <laughs> just so you know, that was actually vegan, dairy-free. And they're like, uh, yeah. no and it has like way. this, And it has like this kid's taste of like like a, like a raspberry chewing gum <laughs> at the end. Yeah, it's well, amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we use a fresh raspberry puree and the raspberry puree is from the Okanagan Valley in BC. Wow. Oh, cool. uh, so great stuff there. Okay. Which yeah, one now? Now the pale pink one. So we asked also, we had the idea of asking uh, the maestro to create uh, an ice cream as well. So we're going to do that after and it's going to be available also um, at Doug and Betty's this summer. So come try ice cream bubble or come gum. try bubble the gum. maestro bubble ice cream. Gum. Oh, that was bubble gum. Yeah. <laughs> I asked if there was banana in it. But it's, oh, it's very close. You have a hint of banana in that flavoring. But yeah, it's, uh, the this is a true bubble gum ice cream. It's not just a ice cream that has a, a, a bubble gum piece in there. We actually no. made bubble gum flavored ice cream. Oh, wow. And uh, all the big kids are coming out to have them. I mean, you, see, oh, yeah. you, see, you see these grown men getting <laughs> two scoops of bubble really? gum ice cream. <laughs> That's funny. And they're, they're Flavor just, of your youth, oh, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, that bazooka. Oh, now this one is looks kind of pale also. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it definitely has some nutty, nutty stuff there. Um, but also vanilla. Well, there's a touch of vanilla in that one, yeah. But also there's something else. Has a little black flecks in there. Looks very similar to this espresso yeah. ice cream you have there, but that one has a little bit different flavor. Is it a Canadian flavor? Not quite. Oh, okay. Quite. Very good. Picking up any any prominent notes in there? There's some nuttiness to it. I don't know. Earl Grey. Oh, oh. Earl Grey. So your tea, uh, matcha, <laughs> and Earl Grey. We got Earl Grey ice Earl cream. Grey. Yeah. yeah. So with a little bit of vanilla in there. Ah, so, so this is the bergamot I'm feeling. Yes. That's yes. it. The oh. nuttiness that comes mm-hmm. from bergamot mm-hmm. oil. Yeah. And you know, to be honest with you, uh, an Earl Grey ice cream with a with a bit of vanilla in there—that's you got a London Fog ice yeah, cream. Yeah, that's it's what just, I was thinking. It's just perfect. So we have three Let more. Three more to try here. This looks very fruity, jammy, something. Mm-hmm. That's a cherry. Something. Yes. Yeah. It's a it's sour dark cherry. Sour cherry. Yes. Dark cherry. Dark, yes. Sour so the, cherry. They dark make, dark. Basically, making a, a a sour cherry ice cream. Yeah. And then he's putting some stracciatella That's on there yeah. to get that uh, nice chocolate yeah. crunch and, and taste in there. And the last one. Well, well, it's the one more. before last, yeah. 
Okay, <laughs> keeping track. But definitely has nuts in it because it's like. Hmm. Yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> but it's nuts and something else. Which kind of nuts? I don't know. No. So something else, maybe a little bit very, uh, very Canadian. That's the uh, Canadian. Very Canadian style to it. A Quebec, Quebec flavor. <laughs> That's our maple pecan. Okay. Yeah. Pecan. Yeah, the pecan nuts. It's hard to discern what what actual nut it is. <laughs> but then you got the one last one in the middle. That one looks uh, a little on the light brown. On a chocolatey, chocolatey. Looks like a chocolate, but uh, we'll see. Oh, that's the uh, pistachio and chocolate or something. Ferrero Rocher. That's hazelnut and chocolate. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I want to say uh, hazel, <laughs> yeah. hazelnut and chocolate. Yeah. I don't eat Ferrero Rocher. Yeah, that's okay. a privilege of young girls. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, hazel. Yeah. Yes. Well, many of them. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm going to eat all of them. Awesome. Go. You guys need to join. Just get oh, yeah. some. Get some okay. gear. Is one for you? You want to try? I'll have some you. after, I think. Actually, I'll have some after. Oh, Thank after you. There will be not nothing to have no, after. No, no. I mean, <laughs> once once we're done. Okay, so I'll tell you, you can say everything about the person and the way he or she eats. <laughs> yes. So. so we just came back. We walked over the street to Doug and Betty's and uh, Daniel visited the place and made his own uh, parfait that's available now. What's in it? It's um, too much of a word made, a parfait. <laughs> I chose ingredients that, ingredients that seem to be exciting together. It's a mango sauce with some um, blackberry, uh, blueberry topping and it's... Um, made also with um, maple pecan nuts mm -hmm. on vanilla ice cream and vanilla ice cream of course so you can get yeah. that at Doug and Betty's um, you just ask for the maestro, maestro ice cream maestro ice cream maestro parfait yes maestro parfait and there will be more collaboration I believe um, with uh, when there's an actual big opening of the restaurant part of Doug and Betty's and there I think there will be a different maestro uh, concoction dessert that we will be able to, to taste there so thank you very much Daniel with pleasure great this thank you for inviting me and having fun. it's a lot of fun great Thanks. thank Thanks. you great. thank you so much for listening my name is Elisa Valley I am your host at the silence between the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra podcast we will be back in the fall with some new episodes have a great summer Just that time.